Path Folk to the Find the Path Ventures actual play of the War for the Crown Adventure Path. Where we're back to talk about infrastructure, baby! <laughs> I don't think we ever stopped. Where every week is infrastructure week. <laughs> it's, true. it's true. It's true. I suppose we took a brief break to look over at uh, some of our compatriots in the Sovereign Some non-infrastructure-minded compatriots. Yeah. Those people and their lack of infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So welcome back, everyone. To the continued exploits, after a little bit of a break, to the continued exploits of our heroes, the Knights of Summer. Woo! Where we had, uh, we left off in the, uh, at the very beginning of part two of book two. I am extremely excited for this. Like, I'm I'm this close to simply, like, shaking in my seat with excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see if we can get you past that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose jumping back in for everyone, when last we left our heroes, our noble scions. Our knights of summer. Our certified knights of summer. <laughs> I was just, actually, that's true. We are, we are technically certified by the princess. <laughs> You're knighted. You were given a sword and everything. Yeah, we can't tell anybody. Nobody knows that we're certified. <laughs> I mean, Yet. you can choose to tell people. It's whether or not it's a beneficial thing or not is the question. Mm. It's very neutral right now. When last we left our heroes, our Knights of Summer had left the capital of Opara after the Exaltation Day massacre had ended with the death of the Grand Prince, Mm -hmm. um, the nation thrown into turmoil. In essence, the War for the Crown beginning, as there is now a conflict between the High Strategos, Maxillar Therius, and the Princess, Eutropia, over who should be inheriting the throne. Not to mention about a half dozen other folks that also want to claim the yeah, throne. There's say, also a, a lot of other mess. people that are all like, hey, I also want to be. I just can't yeah. wait to be king. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's> exactly. <laughs> the party had spoken to their uh, their friend, their ally, their uh, their old childhood pal, Martella Lothie, who had informed them that the princess, of course, needs a base of operations as uh, Pytherius has access to the entirety of the city of Zamar, which is the third largest city in all of Taldor. He's and a little ahead of us on that. It's a pretty yes. good asset. He's a little ahead of us only because the Ulfin Guard won't let her into like any of her properties because she's technically not. Well, okay, the Grand but she Princess. didn't have on her bingo card that she was going to need to squirrel away <laughs> tens of thousands of gold pieces for a you know civil war. Immediately, so. I, I'm yeah. just saying that there's a reason he has a leg up. It's not like the princess was. She wasn't sleeping Dilly or anything. Dally. She wasn't yeah. making bad decisions. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. no it just was do. unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A series of unfortunate events. Yeah, it was definitely a know. series of unfortunate events, yes. yes. <laughs> no one would have guessed that he'd gone crazy and tried to kill everybody. Who could have ever mm. seen that one coming? <laughs> Rick did. Rick did, yeah. <laughs> um, also, his artwork probably was a little bit of a tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that, guy's, that guy's artwork has a murderer look to him. <laughs> yeah. But after speaking to Martella, she had informed you that uh, the princess's plan is, and I guess uh, your instrumental role in this plan, is to make your way to the ancestral Stavian estate of Birdsong, which is currently being administered by the stewards of Birdsong, the Lothied family, particularly Martella's brother, or half-brother, because uh, she's the bastard daughter of uh, a Kadiran diplomat and the former scion of uh, House Lothied, mm-hmm. going to uh, confront her brother, Count Bartleby Lothied. And take back the estate from him. Because he doesn't want to give it back. Even though he he likes his estate does. and being a count and everything. 
I mean, you haven't asked him anything about giving up the estate. He doesn't seem to necessarily like to run it, but you don't know whether or not he'd be willing to give it up. I'm sure he likes the lap of luxury. Yes. I mean, I just don't think he wants to be in charge. He won't be allowed to have his halfling races at other places. Oh my god! Mm, thank God. I almost blocked that out. <laughs> so to accomplish this, the party has uh, made their way to Merrick County, where Felix, being the closest living heir to the Bettany family, has now inherited the Bettany estate, making her an actual uh, member of the local nobility. Yep. The uh, local aristocrat now. So you had uh, made your way to Merrick County and to introduce yourself to all of the other local nobles and personages of interest. You had attended the Tanager Jubilee which had been a, uh, a multi-day affair, which had involved Indeed. jousting and truco and hunts and, and feasts and dances and, lots and, and lots assassinations. Of and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> attempted, attempted assassinations. Mm-hmm. Nobody was actually assassinated. We that thought Bartleby might not be as bad as we remembered. And then he proved himself to be the worst. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I'd give him full on the worst, but. Yeah. I mean, again, the, the worst is a is a relative term. You don't really know, uh, like. You haven't met too many terrible, terrible people yet in this adventure path. So there may be more on the horizon. Yes, but for now, he's the worst. He might lose that title. He's probably he's going to lose that title. He's the worst asterisk that we've met yet. <laughs> the worst so far. You had met a number of uh, interesting people while you're attending there, just to uh, to give a quick rundown. Because again, we're doing a bit of a recap since uh, I'm assuming that everyone is uh, that is listening has taken off six episodes to uh, to listen to the other show. If you didn't, then... Just consider this a quick rehash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had had a chance to meet with uh, Count Bartleby Lothied, who uh, is, seems to be your primary antagonist. Uh, he is a uh, magus of some accomplishment. Um, however, he is also the ruler of the surrounding region, but seems to delegate almost all of those responsibilities to his seneschal. Uh, yes. and instead, mostly focuses on his own arcane pursuits. There is uh, Baron Nicholas O'Kara, who you had met previously at the Exaltation Day Gala, who is uh, a local noble of... Uh, of some upstanding character, as I think all of you have started to realize, and an extraordinary jouster. Mm-hmm. You had met uh, Baroness Adela Voinum, who is the uh, Baroness that is in charge of the barony that you are in, the uh, Voinum barony here in the Merritt County, who seems to be a very traditional woman. Yeah, she's a hard nut to crack. Yeah, she's uh, no nonsense. Yeah. You had also had a chance to meet uh, the, shall we say, energetic uh, Lady Parthena Crab. Oh, <laughs> Lady Crab. Yeah, uh, Lady Crab, who had uh, chatted and flirted with a fair number of all of you, and seeming to be looking for a uh, a potential suitor for her daughter, uh, Sipsinia. Flirted with a fair number. I'm going to go with two, and I'm going to go with really just one. Mostly <laughs> Cornelius, though she did flirt with Oliver some. But. That's true. Because apparently Cornelius has game. Who knew? <laughs> Weirdly, <didn't> she <laughs> came to realize halfway through that party. It's like, wait a second, I could get a husband. And Sepsinia could get a husband. (laughs) (laughs) One plus one deal. Oh my gosh! Get one husband. (laughs) What would that be? I would. I would be Oliver's father-in-law. Father-in-law. Oh, that's so weird. It's so weird. Oh no! (laughs) To be fair, that's pretty tame as far as the Barrisets are concerned. I mean, yeah, that's true. For Barrisets, actually, that would be uh, that'd be way too normal. It's true. Uh, but yeah, she's she's hoping for a buy one count, get a baron for free. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> I like that I'm for free. <laughs> Gracious. That makes me feel great about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but the group had also met with the honorary tribune Onara Sycam, who had been running the town of Stackies that the town ta- that the party has now in essence inherited since you have purchased the Betney estate, you also have access to uh, the town of Stackies, which mm-hmm. is now your responsibility as it has been left to languish really for decades, but mostly for the last 10 years. Hooray. Mm. 
Yep, you got a you got a fixer upper. Yeah, that's all right though. The whole town's kind of a fixer upper. I mean, that's and what to, we're uh, here. That's literally what we're here for. Yep. So I guess just quickly go down through the rest of the list there. You had also met with uh, Dame Sipsinia Crab, which is uh, Lady Crab's daughter, who seems mm-hmm. to be in a bad way. Um, you're not yeah. entirely positive. She's either dealing with some sort of really depressive episode, or there's something more going like, on here. There's supernatural, perhaps. Off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd also met with uh, the young lady, Silly O'Kara, which is Baron mm-hmm. O'Kara's daughter. Who's awesome. She's, She's so great. <laughs> She's a bit of a firecracker and a, a bit of a, a lover of the tall tales. Although in some cases, <laughs> yes, they also seem to be true. she was right about some of them. So <laughs> you know what? Right. There's a grain of truth in every tall tale. Mm-hmm. I it's need true. her to just at once a week send us a letter with some random story she knows so we can just start investigating all of it. <laughs> that's fair she, she's you, our man in the chair just feeding us like new quests to go on yeah that's where that's our side quest giver that's true <laughs> you had very briefly met with uh, earl yonder marcondas although he had left mm. after the first day um he is an and earl from the south that seems to be an ally of pytherius his yeah. fanboy and who was kind of subtly rude you know yeah you know it all depends on your own perspective but very much that uh the world's a mess and I just need to rule it sort of. Uh. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was interesting because it does seem like, well, he is an affable sort or at least tries to be. Um, we're probably not going to make much headway with him. No, directly. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, although he had it off after the first day of the Jubilee. So you only really got to talk to him a little bit that first day. Mm. You'd also had a, a brief chance to meet with uh, Lady Lucrezia Marthane. And other than learning that she's from a, or you believe is possibly related to a disgraced family from Casimir. Mm. That's all you really got out of that. Yeah. Uh, you'd had a chance to meet with uh, Lord Titus Lothied. Cassava. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's oh, that guy. Of people who are terrible. <laughs> who is uh, the stepson of Ketelin, who is the uh, sister of Bartleby, mm-hmm. whom uh, all of you had met way back in that summer a long time ago. Uh, she was a little snobby. And uh, Lord Titus Lothied, of course, is a well, previously a famed uh, duelist in the streets of Opara, as well as uh, seemingly a senator's aide, although it's difficult to imagine him like taking dictation or anything like that. Mm, or running messages or something. Yeah, or yeah. running messages. You don't know if that was more of a you know, appointment thing and then he delegated everything off. You don't know. Uh, that, mm. that feels very much like something he would do. Uh, who is very interested in eventually making his way north and becoming a river king or something like that. And, you know, just mm. kill a few dragons on yeah. the way. I look no forward to him being, uh, to, to do, uh, being nutritious for a dragon. <laughs> they are crunchy and good with ketchup. Yep. Lord Titus Indeed. was accompanied by uh, his two hanger-ons, the uh, Dame Carid Helbor, who seems to be a spellcaster of some capability, and Cyrus Cocklebur Esquire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy. And I forget, were Helbor and Cocklebur going to be yes. adventurers? Yes, the three of them were going to go adventuring, it's mm-hmm. and yep. they don't have a healer, and they're going to kill a couple dragons. It's yeah. fine. You'd I also mean, have a chance know, to uh, like meet with Sir Gulgasern, the uh, Seneschal of, well, sorry, let me let me try to get all of his titles correctly. The Seneschal of Birdsong, the Honorary Tribune of Lothadar, the High Inquisitor of the Church of Abadar of Lothadar. This place, also the tax collector. This <laughs> yeah. county is really like a startup county where everybody wears a lot of hats. Although it's mostly just Ghoul Gassan with five titles. Yeah, I'm gonna remind everyone how terrified people in Lothadar are of this man. Oh yeah, yeah no, there's something sure. there. Like there's like he may be running a tight ship, but I don't know if he's running it in a uh, 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 a compassionate way. That we is did at least confirm like he's him. not a vampire. No, he's not a vampire, but you could be a vampire and run a city just fine. In addition, you had met, uh, speaking of the Church of Abadar, the archbanker Lady Aline Peril. Ah, uh, yes. 
She was the yeah, nicer she of the two. Cool. She invited me to come worship at the church, which I will probably the do church? at some point. The church of the rich father or whatever. The church the of the wealthy, wealthy father. father. Wealthy yep. father, yeah. yeah. The church of Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> the church of Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> um, you had briefly had an opportunity to met with uh, Baronet Fyfabin, as well as uh, Lady Mona Sidis, who were both there basically just for the joust. Yeah, they also seem pretty cool. I think you talked very shortly with Sir Marina Gortis, who was also participating in the joust, but you also understand is uh, Sir Gosserne's uh, right-hand woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only other really surprise things were uh, the first night you had a brief opportunity to meet with uh, Duchess uh, Valedo Lothied, who is yeah, uh, cool. Duke Panavar Lothied's yeah. wife. And she was rad. Who seems to live there as kind of a constitutional. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like her. It was unclear whether she actually seems to have some sort of issue or if it's being exaggerated for effect and they're trying to keep her there. I think she has Alzheimer's and yeah, has good I mean, days and bad days. It could Maybe, very well yeah. be that, yeah. Well, and we found out that Panavar is a great husband. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very daughter. I mean, husband, it helps yeah. having the ability to commute back and forth from uh, <laughs> the capital and back with the snap of a finger. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you had a chance to meet with uh, the Duke Panavar Lothied once again that uh, that following evening at the masquerade as he had come back up to uh, check on his wife and apparently like follow up mm. on just kind of what's going on here. Also nightmares. People also, had there nightmares. Were some terrible nightmares. Yeah, there was still it. there's still some weirdness there. Yeah, and there was a weird vibe of that place that you only noticed when you went into the cathedral or whatever, and realized which was that the rest a of the place holy, was weird. which was consecrated. It was, yeah, consecrated. Yeah, so it's like the vibe was everywhere else, and you didn't notice it until you were in a consecrated area. Mm. So yeah, there's something there with that. Something Maybe to do foot. with the wards. You had a wonderful time there. At which point you had left, you had made your way across Merritt County to the pass briefly through the small town of uh, Stackies, which ooh, it needs some work. It's a quaint. It's a small quaint. Mm-hmm quiet little village it's not like it's a terrible yeah, village it's a fixer-upper. It's a fixer-upper. Um, but yeah it definitely it needs some some tender loving care maybe maybe the jail shouldn't also be the bar you know you'd then gone to the betany estate otherwise known as swanmere wherein you had met with uh you'd already been accompanied by your uh your valet uh morel delros as well as your coach driver and stable master karina delros aka the night singer night swan maybe uh the night sparrow <laughs> yes <laughs> i see how this is gonna go yes <laughs> It's back. <laughs> you then had a uh, chance to meet with, uh, sorry, let's see, easiest way to go through this. Karina Delros being Morel Delros's daughter, you had a chance to meet with Clara Delros, who is Morel's wife. Clara being the uh, lady's maid for you ladies, as well as Maron Delros, who is uh, Morel Delros's father, who is the butler here mm-hmm. and has been for a very, very long time, as well as uh, Maron's daughter, Gemma, her husband, Brant, and their two children, Luca and Pace, mm. who are going to be your cook, your footman, your page, and your scullery boy, respectively. Goodness. <laughs> there were also three kitty cats. Yes. yes. Blink, nod, and wink. We're here Amazing. for the kitty cats. I have them listed <laughs> on the thing for uh, Bettany staff. Aww. Just down at the bottom. It's, it's just house cats. <laughs> nice. They are on the NPC list that I shared with everyone. Blink is the uh, is the is the proud, cool, standoffish one. Nod is the um, kind of the leader of the three. He's the the most skilled hunter. Um, kind of takes ah, yes. the lead in most situations. And Wink is the somewhat chubby, friendly uh, door greeter. <laughs> We'd actually left off as all of you had enjoyed your first dinner um, at your new estate and uh, decided to turn in for the evening, knowing that you're going to have a very busy day the following day. We will begin on the uh, I think uh, that's going to make us the eleventh of Rova. All right. So. All of you retire for the evening after a scrumptious dinner, making your way up to, I believe that uh, 
Felix, of course, is in the master suite. I believe Verity chose the purple room, which is off of the master suite. Uh, Oliver retires back to the till room, which is mm. down as basically has a, is adjacent to the tower. Um, so it's close to the master suite, but a little bit off towards the side that uh, Cornelius chose the uh, violet room, which is down towards the back of the house, as did Gwen, who's over in the red room. Red room. Red room. <laughs> you all have a relatively restful evening's sleep. Again, it's that strange. You're in a strange new place. Um, you guys have been traveling a great deal. And while you're used to traveling to a number of noble estates and going and seeing others and not sleeping in your own beds, it's been a long time since you've actually slept in your own beds. Mm, um, yeah. Like over a month now at this point since you've yep. all been traveling and we're staying in Opara and now traveling here. Obviously, a great deal of attention has been paid to making this house as livable as possible. There is, however, still that that old house smell mm. of a place that like hasn't really seen habitation so much. It's not really an unclean smell. It's not really this mothy smell. It's just this smell of dust. You rest up through the evening, awaken the following morning. Uh, for the gentleman, uh, first off, you would have been asked uh, before you'd gone to bed whether or not you prefer to have uh, breakfast downstairs or if you would rather have breakfast in bed. Hmm. I would prefer downstairs, personally. Yeah. Downstairs, yeah. We need to yeah. plan and strategize over breakfast. Today we're meeting all the people, though, right? It, You're going to be meeting are... a lot of people today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> need to form our plan of action. I okay. just, in general, like to eat downstairs. So. <laughs> Um, so breakfast downstairs would make sense for most of you. So again, um, Oliver, Cornelius, the uh, the two of you are woken up in the morning uh, at sunrise as uh, Morel makes his way upstairs, uh, greets the two of you um, as he goes from room to room, probably taking care of, uh, I imagine Oliver probably wakes up first, mm. but goes in there and uh, helps Oliver uh, get dressed in the morning because he is your valet. So, uh, you know, yeah. he helps you pick out your clothes, gets dressed. I imagine, actually, probably imagine you and Cornelius make your way over towards the library and they bring you up some tea or something like that where the two of you can sit down in the library study your spell books for the morning ah wonderful that sounds delightful i was gonna say mm. that sounds like uh, how cornelius does it at home i didn't do it intentionally but actually uh if you look at the map that i've made for the uh, betany estate in the library there's there's two really nice plush reading chairs uh, oh. just sitting there in the library so you guys can uh, can hang out as the magic bros in your hey. reading chairs <laughs> magic <and>, uh, bros <laughs> and discuss your magic over in these uh, these extraordinarily plush like they're those plush red leather um, chairs that you just uh, kind of yeah. sink into oh, that nice you. that sounds <laughs> wonderful excellent and then uh, Gwen, Verity, and Felix would be awoken by uh, Clara who's your lady's maid so she comes up there to help all of you get dressed in the morning I imagine uh, Gwen taking some time to you chose to stay in the red room so basically you've got this these wide windows that overlook the back so they're almost those bay windows that you can just kind of throw open the windows and uh, uh have a, a nice cool morning breeze it is a rather crisp autumn morning but sing your heart out um, as you do your morning practices <laughs> since you have to do that to regain she's your magic. cinderella up in here i was gonna yeah. say she's, just, she's like snow white like opening it up and all the animals are just like we look at that they're only the angry animals so like one badger comes out and starts screaming <laughs> up at you rage rage across the board <laughs> chaos we must be are, are you sure we're not nandarin because you know uh badgers in in uh, <laughs> kind of the english equivalent or are much cuter and friendlier than the American variety. Yeah, that's, that's fair. The yeah. honey badger does what it wants. Uh, the honey badger don't give it. <laughs> a badger comes out and it's just like that meme of the anteater, like throwing his arms back, like, what? <laughs> Gwen is delighted. Um, Very well. Yeah, there's an adorable badger. Blink appears out of nowhere and chases it off. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Felix, you wake up, you get dressed. Uh, you're going to have a very busy day. 
So I imagine that you probably let Clara take some extra time uh, styling up your hair and all the rest of that stuff since you're going to have to sit uh, as, again, as you were informed yesterday, the entirety of the town has to come up here and basically uh, um, swear their oath of fealty to you. Oh. Which means you get to meet everyone. Mm. Meeting everyone is fine, but it's the whole like, oh, I swear my fealty to you. <laughs> that part's awkward. <laughs> yep. Mm. You're the it's lord the in charge leadership. Now. I know. Gwen also needs the desk for, because she's technically in the guest room and there's a bedroom that's not being occupied. Gwen needs the desk moved. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Very well. Yeah, you can you can mention that to uh, Clara in the, the morning and she'll say she can get Brant to take care of moving that. Brant moved the desk. Like, oh man, <laughs> I moved it in there yesterday. <laughs> Nobody wanted the room with no windows. Without yeah, the, it's yeah. like the central room with no windows, and Gwen's like, no, <laughs> just no. <laughs> what are we vampires? Brant should be able to. You know, he's not. Uh, he's the only not middle-aged man here. Mm. I guess we'd wear something nice, but not too fancy, because we're trying not to be like. You Those could get people. by with a courtier's outfit today, although likely yeah. Felix would probably want to wear a noble's outfit. Mm. Well, I'll I'll wear a noble outfit, but I will probably like put my holy symbol on to show my cleric status. Maybe eschew some of the blings, so you're not just like blinged out coming down, sitting on your throne. Yeah, because like she wants to be more relatable to these people. <laughs> Very well. So again, you all have your breakfast in the morning. Eventually, Onar Sykum shows up. Um, again, no longer actually honorary tribune, since uh, you are officially taking on the title of tribune starting today. Which means mm -hmm. she's down to what sheriff and barkeep Bar or something? Yeah, like barkeep. <laughs> Startup. She town, was man. also wearing a lot of hats, but Onara would come in, uh, basically give you the rundown of what's going to happen, which is everyone in town is going to come in, and then they're all going to see you. Um, at following that, uh, once you've received the oath of fealty from everyone in town and gone through the whole ritual and whole of blue with that then uh, you'd be allowed to, well, technically you can go about your day. Um, Onara would mention that if you wanted a tour of stackies, that she would be happy to give you one at that time. Oh, yeah. I would definitely like a tour of stackies. Yeah, we a should probably get a tour and just like get an inventory of what we need to fix up. So you eat your breakfast. It is a rather scrumptious affair. Uh, not nearly as uh, grandiose as you were having over at the palace, but uh, at the same time, Jim is an exceptional cook. Hmm. After which, uh, I suppose you, uh, you gather out in the foyer... Since, again, your fellow, uh, other than Felix, who, of course, is, you know, now the tribune of this town, all the rest of you are also administrators here, which means that you also should stand there. No one's going to be swearing an oath of fealty to you, but it is still <laughs> we like... We all should be seen so they know who we are, so when we ask yeah. them to do something, they know it comes from Felix. The decorum. Mm. Brant makes his way outside. As you can start to hear the sounds of people coming from outside, so Brant makes his way out. Mehran does offer to go and retrieve chairs if any of you would like to sit for this, because it's going to be a while. I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming we yes. would like chairs. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a plan. So they would go and retrieve chairs. So basically, they set up these five chairs in the foyer facing towards the front doors so that you can uh, wait and watch. And then eventually, as it gets close to about noon or so, Morel opens the door and, uh, and waves a hand in, just kind of that first one in, as one farmer or rancher or stable hand or one after the next of these... Uh, uh, classic Dickensian characters makes their way in. <laughs> and they, of course, have to swear fealty one at a time, individually. Well, they have to step forward. They then have to introduce themselves. They can then swear fealty. Uh, the sole exception is if they have a child that's under the age of uh, 15. The child accompanies them so that they can 
you know, also the child will share, swear mm. fealty to you. They're like, here's my baby. My baby swears fealty. <laughs> they, they they have like a Lion King thing. They're going to hold the baby up and they just tilt it down for, yeah. a, not, for, a, for a bow. A <laughs> <God. laughs> this process takes some time. As you, you settle in here, one person after the next, after the next um, enters. There are a couple of people of note. Um, the first person who actually comes forward to swear fealty to you is actually Anaria Sykum herself. Oh, glad we got on her good side then. Yeah. Or else she would have been last. That or she might not have done it at all. Yeah. Ah, uh, no, she would have to do it. Uh, she pretty be. much have to. It would be real bad form to uh, to just not. It's pretty much, it's the standard pledge um, that all of you would actually be useful because technically speaking, this exact same thing would have happened when each of you inherited your own lands. So it's mm. not the first time that any of you have done this. Well, and I imagine we, when we turned 15, have to do the same thing to our like liege lords, right? Um, yours is a much more involved process. Uh, again, your entire the entire ceremony that you had with Utropia was you swearing to serve and protect her. Uh, so there's always a lot of pledges. Uh, however, this does include a pledge of loyalty, um, which is uh, basically promising to remain faithful, to not serve anyone else. A uh, promise of service, not only is the promise of the um, agricultural service, but also the promise to defend your lands uh, during a time of war um, or if they're called upon. Mm. Uh, technically, every person has to uh, swear that oath. Yeah, city militia. Yeah, generally speaking, if they're uh, if they're below a certain age or above a certain age, you kind of like hand wave it where it's like you don't have to. Um, as I'm, their I'm sorry, lords, three-year-old you can child, I don't think you can hold a sword. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to pull that whole scene uh, from Two Towers where mm. they're putting the helmet on like the oh, little yeah. child. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Oh, butter knife, they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll yeah. be fine, they'll be great. Um, there's also the acknowledgement of authority, uh, which is recognizing the Lord's authority over them. And uh, that is technically includes their recognition of your right to administer justice. Mm. Um, mm. So basically recognizing you as the, the judge and jury in any cases that come up. Their commitment to uphold the Lord's interests, uh, which basically means not only working on the Lord's lands, but also protecting the Lord's properties and interests abroad. That's kind of the, I'm not going to badmouth you to other people or, you know, spy on you or anything like that, that I'm, mm. you know, serve your interests. In following, once she's done making this pledge, it's the rote and ritual where you also have things that you have to respond each time where it's just like, I so acknowledge, I so acknowledge, I so acknowledge, at which yeah. point you do have to swear your own oath of uh, mutual obligation. Mm. Well, more than happy to do that. This implies certain responsibilities of the Lord towards their peasants, basically that you will provide true justice for them, that you will provide protection for them, that you will uh, advocate on their behalf, you know, since you are part of a barony. Um, that you will advocate on their half to the barony and therefore to the county as a whole, um, therefore to the nation as a whole. They don't even know. They got the, the nicest lady to be in charge of their little area. <laughs> oh, yeah. They don't even, they, yeah, they don't even know. They're going to be glad they did that. Mm -hmm. We're one of the good ones, we'd hope. Well, Felix for sure is. Technically speaking, uh, Felix is going to be getting a lot of work out today because it is that you have this chair that you can sit down you know, you between this. Up? But every time that they come forward, they kneel. You have to stand. <laughs> They extend a hand. You have to take their hand with your left hand and then place your right hand over theirs while they make the mm. oath to do the entire thing. And then uh, they bow and then get up once again. As far as uh, Anaria is concerned, uh, since she she would have mentioned to you before this began that she is, uh, while she is more than happy to step down as Tribune, she seems quite thrilled, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, she didn't seem happy about having to do that. <laughs> yeah, that she is still willing to serve, serve as your sheriff. Great. Sweet. And as such, technically speaking, you have to uh, imagine actually you probably just use the sword that Utropia gave you. Um, that you do have to not knight her, but uh, authorize her to enact justice on your behalf. Mm. Well, I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs> other than that, you are introduced to a number of the uh, the other local notable people of interest. 
um, which other than Sheriff Anar Sykum does include uh, Tam Gross, who is the owner of the general store. Okay. Uh, he is a rather right. affable halfling. Oh, hmm. we love it. Marjorie Gagras, who owns the uh, largest sheep and goat ranch. And by that, it means it's a sheep and goat ranch with more than 12 sheep and goats <laughs> in the surrounding region. So basically, the Gagras are one of the uh, richer families here. Joe Cini, who uh, is the only cattle rancher in town. Mm. And as such, uh, people basically, not only is he a cattle rancher, but he also um, has oxen. And people have to then lease his oxen. So you think he's also a rather uh, well-off person. There is also uh, Pertulis Maine, who is the town's goose rancher. <laughs> how do you wrangle? How do you wrangle? Yes. Is it goose wrangler? You clip the wings of the geese and you keep them in a swamp. That's how and you goose sure ranch. And make sure they don't give them knives. I don't. Yes, you, know. you don't give them <laughs> knives. You don't let them break into town. The only other person that's uh, kind of an NPC of, of major note that you, that you meet today, you meet a lot of people. Mm. Uh, this isn't even actually because of the man's uh, uh, position or money or anything like that, is a gentleman by the name of Urshal Sutter. Urshal is uh, the oldest man in town. Oh, okay. And as such, okay. everyone refers to him as Elder. Ah, uh, okay. But that is literally okay. just because he's like 95 years old. Oh my Holy God. God. Wow. Man, we're going to have to get, get some tips on how he's stayed around. Yeah, he's also the town's premier cabbage farmer. Hmm. Uh, my cabbages. Cabbages. <laughs> Be careful of the geese, sir. Just <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. I will allow anyone that wishes to, to make me a knowledge local, or I would allow a, a linguistics, whichever is higher. Oh, wow. Nice one. Uh, I got a nat 20 for a 26. Very nice. I've got a 10 for a 22. Win rolls a 7 for a 15. Okay. That is a 16 for a 17. And Oliver rolled the opposite on the spectrum, a natural 1 for a 12. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> you don't know nothing about Ouch. these people. Oliver's sitting here. He's just kind of enjoying the whole, hey, actually, this is this is kind of nice, this quaint little village. These are real mm. salt of the earth kind of people. Like, I think I'm going to like it here. Yeah, yeah. This is good. Maybe he's sitting there the whole time going, like, just thinking back in that, like, sort of dreamy way of, like, man, that was awesome when I was knighted recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was real cool. We're all just I... like, why is he so spaced out yeah. right now? <laughs> why is Oliver smiling? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, why does he have that... that pleasant look on his face when we're doing such boring work. <laughs> it's in his own world. Does, does he Does he like the drudgery? <laughs> I mean, you know, I was in the military. Drudgery's kind of part of it. I guess that's it. true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, for the rest of you, having all succeeded, <laughs> Oliver's just a little bit off. Yeah, it's all good. It's just funny. The people come in. Well, first off, like, I won't even make you make a sense motive for this. You can tell that the people, like, there's still a certain reticence there. Um, they are indifferent to you. Mm, um, however, there is that sort of like hopefulness of like, maybe, maybe this is what the town needs. Maybe this is going to be that change that we've been waiting for. Like, maybe yeah. this is going to be the difference that we need. So there is a certain degree of like that, that latent hopefulness there. The population of Stackies is uh, 66 people. Cool. Good That's gracious. Tiny. And again, this ritual takes like two or three minutes per person. Um, so we're still here kind for of a few hours, people. basically. So you are here yeah. for a few hours while, uh, while everyone's coming in doing this. Just in case you're curious, uh, there are 48 humans, uh, six halflings, um, seven half-elves, because apparently mm. that's actually a little bit more common here. Huh. A single half-orc. <laughs> and as the details here, four others. So I'm going to guess, uh, I've, I don't know why it would, it would call out the one half-orc, but then, so I guess gnomes, dwarves. Yeah. Yeah, there's like so, one of each. There's like one Azamar or something. Yeah. But you don't know whether or not this is a curious, like, just local sort of thing, or if this is a um, local tradition. There's a shocking repeat of names, not just like family names, because there's really only like 10 families um, that mm. live in the surrounding region. 
because again, in a number of like there's 10 families and then there's a number of people that are either single like Onara is after the death of her husband mm. or have moved here specifically just to ranch. However, there is a strange repeat of uh, names like Margarine, Coriana, and Tadric. Oh, they're all spices? I don't know if Tadric is. No, I, I don't think Tadric's a spice. But Coriana makes me think of coriander. Margarine makes me think of marjoram. Oh, I was thinking margarine like the like butter. I can't no. believe it's not butter. <laughs> it's basically marjorie with so. an extra N in there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're just local people. Like Yeah, famous, like maybe there's know? someone in the history that's like, oh, that's you know, a, a famous Koreana. Or something. Like it's basically despite the fact that there's only sixty six people in this town, between those three names, there's like twelve people named one of those. Oh. Huh. Weird. We're gonna be the last huh. naming a lot of people. Maybe, like I said, maybe it's one of those local legends, or you know, there was a really liked Tribune of the town, or something. Maybe it's uh. just something curious that you note. But you're calling it out, which means it's important. <laughs> Who knows? Just something curious you note. There's Faye nearby, and you have to name so many people. That's their the deal. They're like, your firstborn <laughs> must be named Tadric. Or we'll kill you. It's like, why is this important to you? Safe. Don't question me. <laughs> you don't want the goose uprising of 4682 again, do you? <laughs> no. Oh, it's my. one of those names have power things. So these are just the phase names. And they're like, mm, the more possible. people with my name gives me more power. So or at least makes it harder to target me specifically with my true yeah. name. That doesn't make much sense, but you are very small. Perhaps you're right. <laughs> again, this process goes on for hours. Fortunately, again, your uh, your staff here are very attentive as far as uh, any of the rest of the Delroses or the uh, Kenzie, which are the other half of the family. Brant makes his way up at some point and just kind of like kind of makes his way up and then goes around and sets up like a little table off towards the side and sets up a silver platter with a tea and some cups and all the rest of that. Ah, since, uh, lovely. Especially for Felix, who's been having to talk again and again and again to everyone as they're coming up. Please tell me the cats are up here with us, like the towns introducing themselves to the cats as well. I think, you know I think they're still they feeling they're in They're probably all watching from the top of the stairs. <laughs> Just kind of craning their necks, looking down like, what are these people? What are they doing yeah. in my house? <laughs> they're obviously swearing fealty to us. Yes, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But eventually, though, the hours pass and the last of the people come in, you know, make their, their oath of fealty, uh, turn and make their way out as... Morel makes his way up and uh, shuts the door after them. He kind of glances uh, over the floor after a moment at the at the dust and, and dirt and such that, you know, they did scrape their shoes, but it was still a lot of people mm. coming in from their farms and such to do yeah. this today. <sighs> well, I went rather well. I hope so, but I'm exhausted. Mm. <sighs> well, would we like to take a moment to retire and then um, from there take up uh, Sykem's offer? Yes, I think getting out of this house for a bit would be a good idea. Hmm. So I suppose lunch would be mm-hmm. the thing we, we retired <laughs> would, for? Yeah. Late lunch, because if that all started at noon and it took a few hours, it's like 3, 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Marin steps forward. Of course, if you're wanting lunch, we can prepare something. Would you like something um, um, light if you're going to be walking around the town for a while? You wouldn't want something too heavy. Light is good. I think more of an afternoon tea than a lunch. Oh, of course. Cucumber sandwiches and uh, perhaps some pastries. Hmm. Sounds lovely. Thank you. Mm. The old butler nods. Never cucumber sandwiches. I I don't either. Yeah. (laughs) Disgusting. But I know it's a thing. 
It always just makes me nothing. think of uh, the importance of being earnest yes, because 100%. he's just constantly eating them in the beginning of the play. Mm. <laughs> I suppose we won't need a formal dining room, so would you like to retire to the parlor and we can uh, serve you there? Yes, that would be honestly preferable. You're escorted from, uh, again, your massive foyer yeah. to your uh, your rather uh, comfortably appointed parlor. Uh, the parlor easily comfortably sits five, actually, exactly. So um, hey, yeah, there's nice. two love seats and then uh, one chair off towards the side. I'm going to assume that Verity takes whatever love seat Cornelius doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. You have a a small lunch prepared for you. Again, it's mostly uh, just sandwiches, little finger foods and such. Karina comes in and sees whether or not you want your uh, your horses prepared. Although, again, it's only it's about a half hour walk if you wanted to walk Mm. down to town. Like if you wanted to change into, you know, your riding outfits and just stretch your legs or you could take your horses, whichever you prefer. I would honestly think we'd probably take our horses. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just in case. Sounds like a plan. You know, just in case we get super tired by the end, like if we get invited to do something or if we end up helping, by the end of the day, it'd be nice to just get on our horse and ride Who back. Who am I riding on the back yeah. of horse? Because I still don't have a horse. Oh, right. <laughs> you don't have a horse. <laughs> I mean, you can ride with me, Cornelius. I forgot you didn't get a horse. Nope. I have four copper to my name right now. I'm so poor. When do you get Phantom Steed? Because that's what you really need. Let me just say it's on my list to get. <laughs> it's also spell a spell that? that costs money, though. That's so. the only downside, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, but by then you'll have the money to get it. Or you can get it for get free. Get you some up. dang funds is what we need. Oh, we need. also I leveled mean, up. You know. It's true, the party did level up. I did not take Phantom Steed when I leveled up. Mm. So real quick, actually, if we want to, uh, the party is now fifth level. So if we want to do a quick uh, round table, what did everyone get for their uh, their new fifth level? One cool thing. Okay, Verity hmm. took the feat in harm's way, part of the bodyguard feat tree. So now, as an immediate action, I can essentially take the damage of, of people near me. Very nice. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, for Cornelius, I took one of my favorite Arcanist exploits, Quick Study. The Arcanist mm. can prepare a spell in place of an existing spell by expending one point from her Arcane Reservoir. This ability is full round action that provokes an attack for opportunity. Must be able to reference your spellbook while you do it. Uh, must be the same level as the spell being replaced. But yeah, literally a full round action. I can have a new spell ready. So useful. Nice. Ah, very nice. Gwen got second level spells. She can yell at people and make them burst into flames. Ah, plus <laughs> invective, invective is such a flavorful <laughs> spell. <laughs> I really like it a lot. Yeah, uh, probably the best thing is I got third level spells, which, I mean, more healing is always nice. Uh, yep. I got my other domain spells, so I can pick from either fly or protection from energy. Those are yeah, both fly solid. is always a good spell. Yeah. Count Oliver Darahan now has access to the Rhyme Spell feat, uh, which is a pretty neat little meta magic feat that allows me to, for basically adding a level to any cold descriptor spell, as long as the target takes damage from the spell, they are also entangled for a number of rounds equal to the original spell level, hmm. which uh, basically nice. allows me to debuff while I'm hurting people. Nice. Helpful. Yeah, I, I was hoping so. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So following your morning's activities, all of you eat a quick meal. Your horses are saddled. Uh, a little extra padding is putting on the back, put on the back of uh, Oliver so that Cornelius can pop on the back there. Wrap his arms around Oliver's uh, big, sturdy waist. <laughs> can't, can't wait for the uh, first tax payment that I can use to appropriate a horse. <laughs> oh, no. As if I give you permission. Yeah. Given the state of the town, I may have to order one from afar. I was going to say, um, also... A goat! (laughs) Well, we'll get into that here in a bit. Yeah. You make your way down from the hill that Swanmere stands upon, uh, down into the small, again, quaint town of Stackies. 
the ride takes a very brief period. Um, it's only about a 15 minute ride or so for you to uh, to make your way down. Again, now that you're not in a carriage, you can easily avoid the various uh, potholes and dips and such that line the road that head down from your uh, manor house uh, down into the small town itself. Again, as previously stated, uh, Stackies is a small, quaint little village. It's built in that traditional style, uh, mostly wooden structures with stone foundations with these white plastered walls. Most of those have gone to uh, shades of gray and are flaking off in places and such. Um, Many of the houses here look like they could desperately use a paint job. Mm -hmm. The sad windmill standing on the hill nearby as you make your way uh, down and into this town. Um, However, if it helps a little bit, I can show you the map of your nice little town. This is cool. I made a little isometric map for you guys so that you can That's uh, cool. You can look around. This is really giving me Age of Empires 2 vibes. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it does feel like it should be shooting out little soldiers yeah. or something <laughs> like that. As long as it's not Tristram vibes, I think we're good. No, the Tristram vibes come later. Oh, Tristram. no. <laughs> ah, fresh oh, meat. No. You ride your way down into the small hamlet of Stackies. Again, the town is not exceptionally large. Um, As previously stated, there's only 60-something people that live here. That being said, the town actually looks larger than the number of people that you had met today. Mm, As you do know that some of the the houses here have just been left empty. As you ride down into town, uh, you make your way uh, eventually up in front of uh, the Wolf's Whisker, which is the town's only tavern. Slash jail. Slash jail slash meeting house. It's actually, it is basically the meeting house. If there's any sort of like, you know, you need a town hall event or something like that. It also takes place in the tavern. It's multi-purpose. It's multi-purpose. Well, and again, you know that uh, Alice Betney, who was the previous tribune of the city, um, did almost nothing in the mm-hmm. town and also refused to have people up to her home. Yeah, we got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. It could have just been something as simple as she had like severe anxiety. But arriving, you find uh, Onara standing outside. Again, Onara is a half-elven woman, tall, striking features. Um, Again, in that mixture of uh, the rustic human element of the surrounding region and that certain inherent grace of elves. Unlike the previous times that you've seen, or even recently, uh, when she'd gone up there, she was actually wearing basically her same dress from the the Jubilee, since, you know, this was a quote-unquote official function. Mm. Now she's just in a pair of simple brown pants, um, a white blouse, and gives all of you a, uh, a nod as you make your way up. Ah, greetings. Busy day. <laughs> greetings. I suppose you're wanting your tour of the town. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, now that we've gotten the uh, whole pledge thing taken care of, uh, I can give you a quick look around. I su- assume you probably dismount. Uh, there is a hitching post here, so you can actually tie off your horses in front of the tavern. Oh, okay. wonderful. Oh, good. So I assume that you would. Yes. Well, this is the wolf's whisker. I can give you a tour inside if you care at some point. We might end there then. Perhaps um, take our evening meal here. So, yes, this is mine. <laughs> Technically speaking, it's also yours. Behold my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she gestures, uh, basically just kind of points behind all of you as I suppose you turn around to uh, look over the uh, the small, quaint, quaint town square um, that seems like it has also seen probably better days, judging by, again, the potholes and such, the grass growing up between the cobblestones the town square and the uh, the town well. She points to the well. Um, again, it's one of those simple wells that has like the little covering on top of it, although mm. even the covering looks like uh, it could definitely use replacement and repair. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> we used to host the occasional market days here, farmer's markets mostly, that would see people come in from other towns and mm. such. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't really done so in the last two decades. Is that um, something that 
the town wants to happen again? I mean, it did bring in business for the town. Um, okay. We would occasionally even host um, small festivals and fairs and such that would see people come in from Penseris. But hmm. yeah, again, pretty much since the mill broke and the pump broke, um, it's been less and less. Well, hopefully we can, uh, can do something about that. Well, um, she gestures for you to follow. Takes you basically up the road from there opposite, uh, on the other side of the unnamed streets. None of the streets here have names. They're more pathways than anything else. Mm. To the opposite end from where the uh, the wolf's whisker is on the other side. Uh, she points up. Uh, that's Tam's general store. I think technically Ugh. Tam named it at one point, but it's just Tam's now. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. And you can make some purchases there if there's anything that you need particular. Um, there's not a great deal of options available, but Tam does. Uh, we used to see the occasional group of uh, adventurers travel through and such, but uh, not so much these days. And so you can't really find a great deal of use. Uh, mechanically speaking, Stackies has a penalty on it, mm. referred to uh -huh. as gone to seed. Oh, no. um, neglect has unfortunately made the locals rel relatively uh, apathetic, um, and the place is uh, run down and on the downturn. Mm. Um, as such, you cannot find anything in this town worth more than 50 gold pieces. Oh, oh my. <laughs> you cannot sell anything uh, costing more than a total of everything across it of 250 gold. Oh, wow. All right. They Otherwise just don't have the, the resources to pay you. Verity's wow. Corsina brain is immediately like, improve trade. <laughs> yeah. Right? The mill and the pump should be our first priorities, yes. I think. Well, of course, However, but this uh, has become a new bullet list item. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys will get a chance here in just a minute to uh, to look at a couple of your options. Mm -hmm. You make your way in. She gives you the quick uh, tour. You know, Tam is pleased to see you here. Like, he hops down, makes his way forward, smiles. <laughs> you know, he has this bright shock of uh, of almost so wheat blonde that it's almost white hair. He's one of the halflings, right? He's one of the halflings. Yep. Makes his way. Uh, he lives here. I think all six halflings actually belong to the Gross family. <laughs> but Tam makes his way down, the quickly shows you in. and <laughs> The vast majority of this, it is a general store for the local populace. So a vast majority of this is like he's purchasing from the local farmers flour after they've made the flour, but they have to go all the way to Pensaris to actually mill the flour because the mill's broken. We really got to do that mill. Yeah, we gotta so, fix that. You know, but here's like here's all of your seeds, here's your grain, here's this giant wall of various like if you need any farming implements and all the rest of that stuff. There is some stuff that may be of you know more use to all of you, and that he does sell things like rope in case you need rope, standard adventuring mm. gear, basically the stuff that you would expect as far as just standard adventuring gear is concerned. Probably not weapons. Not weapons, but he has a small number of alchemical items, so like mm, okay. antidotes and things like that. Does he have stationery and such? Yeah, I mean Wax. he would sell paper, paper pens, ink. Okay. There is a small area off towards the back that's like, here's the little adventurer's corner that has like, you know, a dusty suit of leather armor still sitting on a stand and like, <laughs> oh you know, a couple spears. It's definitely oh, okay. that, that portion of Target that's just random stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the random, you know, like if, if he could afford to put this on discount, it'd be on discount, but he can't really do so. But yeah, it's mostly as far as weapons are concerned here, you can find most simple weapons. Hmm. So, you know, if you need a really good like, it's like, here's a quarter staff, you know, it's only one silver piece. Aren't staffs free? They are free, but this is a yeah. really good walking stick. <laughs> yeah. So if you want a really good walking stick, you'll sell it for a silver piece. Yeah, he's, he's carved a little uh, raccoon head onto the top of it or Aww, something. Oh, that's, that's awesome. kind of cute. You should get that, Cornelius. But yeah, just turn it into your magic staff. Yeah. Cornelius doesn't even have a silver piece. That's true. He cannot buy <laughs> <Yes>. one. <laughs> the I don't even stick. have a silver piece. Thank you for reminding <laughs> it, me. This makes Verity immensely depressed. 
Would you like <laughs> Would you like the staff? I can buy you the staff. <laughs> I'll take no charity, sir. You, oh, look, I have to gonna find need it at some this point. gold piece. I, I, I intend mm. to get paid for fixing the windmill and the, the pump. <laughs> we just keep dropping money and, like, forgetting to pick it up so that Cornelius can find it. <laughs> then he, Cornelius is shuffling behind, scooping it all into a bag. <laughs> it's just Mei-chan. Mei-chan. Exactly, yeah, Mei-chan-ing mm. it into a bag, like, surreptitiously. After uh, after your brief exploration of uh, Tam's general store, again, he stresses, you know, come back, you know, anytime that you want. You know, we always have things on stock here and all the rest of that stuff. Uh, can he do orders? Like if we wanted to order something like a magical or whatever that needs to be sent away for, would he handle that? Uh, unfortunately, no, it's just not worth the price. Like his son does uh, run messages and all the rest of that. Okay. They actually have a writing dog that he can run messages on. <laughs> That's so cute. Please tell me it's a corgi. Please tell me they have a wargi. They're not that small. Mm. A wargi. <laughs> Corgis are too small. He finds a delicate way to say, basically, um, basically, he is not comfortable having his son um, go and procure expensive items without having someone to protect him with some yeah, expensive items. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Between here and Lothadar. Um, mm. Not that the bandits are a huge problem in the surrounding area, but it's just not something he's willing to risk. That's fair. Okay, we need to improve trade so that we can get, you know, regular and supplies Welcome to my in. TED Talk. This is fair. Yep. He's like, all these other things will contribute to the main thing, which is improved trade. Yeah, because we, we don't have time to be going and picking up our own scrolls in Lothadar, man. Yeah. From here, you make your way um, up the hill, uh, up to where the windmill stands. The windmill stands uh, just on the outside of town. Onara gives you the uh, quick rundown that basically the, uh, the windmill broke down uh, during a storm 20 years ago. Hmm. Can we make any sort of check while we're here, like go inside, peek around, try to figure out what is actually... Uh, it doesn't require a check. You can go inside and, uh, again, she'll take you inside, let you take a look around and all the rest yeah. of that. Uh, it does look like they briefly tried to um, reconfigure the windmill to let it be pulled by oxen and turned mm, by oxen, uh, but it looks like there just wasn't the room in here to actually set up mm, a proper harness a team, for the oxen. Yeah. Makes sense. And this was 20 years ago? 20 years ago, yeah. And Alice well, died 10 years ago. Yep. Yeah, she I, wasn't doing anything. Yeah, she let Verity it is getting years. saltier and saltier about this Alice woman. Mm. How dare she not take care of these things? Well, we don't know why. Well, because you I know the 24 years ago is when the pump broke, finally. Um, and then 20 years ago is when that storm came through and apparently destroyed the windmill here. And you don't know whether or not it ties in, but you could have gathered this information. You know that... Uh, it was just later that year, actually, I think it was the beginning of the next year, that uh, Mercator Lothied, Bartleby's father, and the previous count died. Hmm. Mm. And so that's when Bartleby took over the county. And again, talking with Onara, she basically just tells, like, no one in town knows how to fix this, um, has any knowledge, and no one has the money to send away for anyone to fix it. And Bartleby's not doing anything either. Well... Well, the wonderful thing about magic is you don't actually have to understand it to fix it, and I happen to have a spell that what? can fix this. <laughs> Let me just put it this way. There are a lot of problems with it. I, I will get into the mechanics, because I know Heather's kind of hitting on this too. I'll get into the mechanics of how you guys can fix all this stuff once we're done with the tour, because I want to give you a full list of all of the problems first so that you can yeah, figure out which ones that you plenty. want to approach. Even with a spell like Make Hole, it's like, okay, I cast Make Hole in this part. All right, yeah, you have to do it a lot. All right that's not working. What's What else is... Cause, Again, not only has this place, not only did the storm break this, it has then been sitting derelict yeah. and unused for 20 years. Yeah, it's probably missing mm. parts. It's probably needing to be probably cleaned. Probably going to be an engineering it's... check to figure out what the hit list is of items I mean, that need to be other repaired things, or replaced. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to be a lot of things. It's not going to be as simple as one single spell is what he's saying. <laughs> and most of the things here you can use um, multiple skills to try to find a way to fix. Okay. So we'll get to that here in a minute. But again, 
I imagine you spent some time kind of touring the inside of the windmill. Uh, since mm. it has not been actually been used as a mill for the last 20 years, it looks like people have just started to use it as storage. Yeah, mm. figured. Um, so a lot of people just kind of cram stuff in here. So it's like, all right, well, someone's going to have to find out who all this stuff belongs to. Yeah, we are probably going to have to get rid of a lot of the Because it's like, we, we need all this build room a storage back. place. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Build a silo yeah. somewhere. That'd be useful. Yeah. You make your way down from there and then uh, over to the old smith, uh, which she uh, walks up and just kind of points out and says, there's the old smith. Uh. The smith left 10 years ago. Oh. So there aren't any dwarves in town. There's literally not a blacksmith in this town. Mm. There's not a blacksmith in town. Wow. Uh, there is a dwarf in this town, but he grows uh, root vegetables. I was going to say, not every mm. dwarf is a blacksmith. <laughs> I just That's feel like racist. if there was a dwarf in town, they would They would have least... stepped up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They, there were some things that would Dorak definitely would be fixed. I would not want this forge to go dark. If mm. Even if it's just, I do very rudimentary, like, I can make horseshoes type. I'm not talking horseshoes, about we don't nails, have a master. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I feel like, anyway, I'm not trying to be, like, stereotypical here. I just feel like a dwarf would take up at least, you know, basic stuff. Mm. So we need a smith. The smith is abandoned. We need I've to find a smith. I've got a list item for recruit smith. folks. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, uh, again, the, the old smith is there, like... And again, there's a lot of stuff that the smith, whenever they, whenever he left, he just didn't take with him, including the the larger of the anvil. He probably took his mm. traveling anvil with him, but it was just like, it's, especially if there wasn't a horse or a cart he could use, mm. you know, so there's still an anvil there. There's actually, you know, there's still the furnace. There's still everything there. It just needs to be fixed back up again. So she does quick, like, you can walk in there, kind of take a look around and then go, okay, well. So do the townsfolk simply order anything that they need from... From outside, Tam. I mean, uh, I understand Tam purchases most of his stuff from Lothadar or Pinsaris and just mm. brings in any tools and such. And unfortunately, it does make things difficult for most local farmers who've had to improvise repairing their own tools, which has had mixed results. Should we simply say, injurious effects? Ugh, that's not good. All right, you we'll don't want an amateur it. repairing a plow. Is all I'm going to say. No. All right. Well, uh, onward. She takes you. Basically following along the road where you can see, you know, the, the fields are stretched off, off towards your right hand side, basically as far away from the swamp portion of uh, this area as possible so that the vegetables and such that are grown out there don't get flooded, mm. uh, which is a constant concern. Uh, currently, it is uh, later in the year. So uh, as far as uh, what's being grown right now, uh, cabbages are, of course, a very popular thing to grow around here. Yeah. By the 95 year old man. What by the, the 95 year old man. Yeah. Well, he's not geez. alone. I'm sure he has family members. He's got grandkids and stuff that come over and help him with it. Great, great grandkids. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know. uh, in addition to that, uh, kel and cauliflower are also commonly grown at this time of the year, as well as uh, leeks and various uh, other root vegetables. So carrots, turnips, beets, all the standard fare for like, you know, this is the small town and our classic beet farmer over here. You're taking uh, past there and then make your way over to... Uh, again, you met her in uh, passing earlier, Marjorie uh, Gagras, basically down over to where her sheep ranch is. Sheeps and goats. Okay, so we have sheep. Do they make wool? Uh, she does make wool. Okay. Um, and the goats are for mostly, I mean, most of the milk here is actually goat milk. It isn't cow milk. Fair oh. enough. Might be a slight adjustment for some of your characters. It's like, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not quite as used to goat milk, but all right. Mm. I also live um, in a swamp. I imagine we don't have a lot of cows. Yeah, say I live in a not. mountain. The Gagras family, again, is kind of the wealthiest family in town because they're the only ones that really have, like, a good industry. Mm. But, yeah, you're given a quick tour over there. You can pet the goats. 
Ah, yeah. I don't pet goats. Disgusting. <laughs> oh, Felix is definitely holding a baby goat the entire time they're talking to this. Barry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just makes a face. Oliver will give him a. Oliver will try it. Fair I don't know if they'll like him, but I don't. I don't really have any ability to handle animals. But I actually have a rank in that. But I, I like horses, and that's all. And dogs. Mm. That's fair. Horses and dogs. Um, there are a lot of dogs in town. Some of them just wandering around, wandering the streets. <laughs> Madness. Why aren't these dogs registered? <laughs> and then after that, uh, finally, she takes you over to uh, check out the um, old shrine, uh, mm. which she does have the key for. And so oh, she nice. unlocks because again, it's uh, chained and padlocked. Just so that Long. it's it's less for people and it's more so that like animals don't move in there mm. or anything like yeah. that. That's right, fair. Shrine to who? Yeah. Stepping inside, you find that it is a, a simple old shrine. There are actually just four painted panels on the walls um, with mm. small offering bowls in front of them. Uh, these are to Abadar, Arrestal, Iomide, and Shalin. Hmm. Oh, okay. Mm. Good collection. Yep. How long has it been since anyone came in here? Oh, well, we had a priest of Arrestal that lived here until about 15 years ago. And then he unfortunately passed away. Uh, And his family kept up the shrine for a little while, but they moved on. I see. All right. So adding to the recruitment, some sort of apothecary, doctor, vet, cleric type. Priest. (laughs) Priest. Something. Some one of those. Well, and... We'll write up the official yeah. recruitment papers to send. Around. Or no, yeah. She does that thing where she like she kind of reaches over with one arm, kind of grabs the other one. It's it's that first time you've seen her. Again, this town is run down, but there is a certain like pride that she has in the this like we're persevering, we're still trying, mm. we're still yeah, you know sure. out here trying to live our lives. It's kind of the first time that she looks a little sheepish um, as she glances off, and unfortunately, since he passed, um, he was the only truly educated man in town. Sure. Um, so the shrine used to serve as the town's school. Right. I've yeah. done my best to do some lessons in the tavern in the off hours, mm. um, enough so that most of the people here know the letters well enough to sign their names and mm. count, but I don't really... I'm not as worldly of a person as he was. You know who's very worldly? I look at Gwen. Why don't you know a little bit about everything? <laughs> I, I love the idea of we need a substitute teacher the bard knows basically a little bit of everything I mean <laughs> just sort of eclectic knowledge here and there I don't think I have enough to well certain subjects yes but not teach the children everything well they don't need to necessarily started. learn everything as much as they need to learn the basics like reading writing and arithmetic yes put the rage filled woman in front of teaching the children. Who raised the son? I was going to yeah. say, one, you, you raised, raised the, the son, and two, they'll know not to mess with you, because if you start singing, they'll be like, we're in trouble, man. You have a heck of a teacher voice, saying, You raised a, you raise a tiefling son. You're used to children raising hells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but we'll recruit. I'm just Quinn saying. Quinn just uses her raging meantime. song to turn the children into a small army. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, martial proficiency, also not a bad thing for children to learn. to train a militia. Yeah, yeah. Well, that feels sure. more like Oliver than you specifically, yeah. but I, mean, I could do it, but I feel like I'm going to be eyes deep in paperwork. The town is doing well, all things considered. You've mm-hmm. had no help. Yes. <sighs> oh, yes. The town has done fine, considering management has been failing. Thank you. We've done the best we can. And unfortunately, and this might be something that you can help with much more so than I can. Hmm. I'm not good with your people. She just kind of gestures to all of you. That's fair. Some of us are insufferable. And I'm not particularly liked amongst the nobility, if you could not tell from the gala. That's less fair. Jubilee. 
It is a very different world. Our taxes have been obscene mm. and have been very difficult to keep up with. Well, thankfully, these are things that we are good at. And unfortunately, despite our problems and no solution to our problems, our taxes have not gone down. We are still expected, despite the additional costs of farmers taking their grain to Pensaris to get milled, despite the loss of land to the flooding in the region, we are still expected to pay the same taxes that we were expected to pay 30 years ago. And that is extremely unfair. Well, that is not very Abadarian. Well, you should take that up with Sir Ghoul. Oh, I intend to. We will be having a conversation with Sir Ghoul. So it's being levied by Ghoul, not by... Um, Technically, Ghoul is the tax man. He's so the tax yeah, the, the, as far as what's actually being levied, it's from the county. But I'm sure Bartleby just leaves it collects. to Ghoul. Like, well, I, I just didn't know if the Baroness you know. is collecting it and then it's getting collected by Ghoul. Mm. Well, yeah, but as far as the Baroness is just responsible for enforcing the taxes that are put on by the county. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm. It sounds like Bartleby is just like, this is what taxes are paid and that's he's what just let, He's collected. just let it sit, probably. Well, Ghoul yeah. is the one in charge of all of that. So Ghoul is the one that's not... Nobody has advocated for this town is actually the problem. Taxation without mm. representation. Ah. It sounds like when Alice Bettany, and again, you don't know whether or not this was, because um, again, she didn't even have servants live in her house. Like she wanted no one else under that house. She had the occasional visit visitor because you do know that Baroness Voynum came and visited her. Mm. However, it does sound like Alice was a homebody that did not want to interact with any other people. And as such, you don't think anyone has, exactly as you were saying, anyone has advocated for this town um, since before she died because she wasn't. Yes. Yeah. Verity is real stuff about this Alice woman. Yeah, Gwen is also starting to get a bad taste in her mouth about like, all I don't, this. It's like, I don't care what your problem was. You were a noble in charge of this town and you did not do your job. Yeah. Well, shall we uh, retire to the Whisker? I think a drink is uh, it's a good plan. Yes, absolutely. Well, and could you tell us any other issues the town is having? We know there's obviously the pump issue. Are there any other things that are needed that have been neglected? Well, that would be nice to have, honestly. As far as the town itself is concerned, the flooding is an issue. Um, it hasn't reached the town, although honestly, from up on the, the hill, um, even as she's saying that, you can all remember back to when you'd gone up to the hill where the windmill is, you can see the edge of the swamp just slowly encroaching on the edge of town. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so I'm from Blackwood. Like Blackwood Swamp has lots of these same issues with the with flooding and such. Uh, again, the map is not to scale, but I, I put a little swamp area right up there at the top of the map there. So I you see, can see it's, kinda, it's creeping. It's creeping in. That's too close. Too close for comfort. So again, I mean, our major problems are just... The swamp encroaching in, uh, a number of the farms could use help. They haven't really had it recently. I'm compiling together a list because we are going to have to have a conversation mm. probably soon about the farmers that have been working lands that are not their own. Ah, uh, yes. That will be a sticking point, yes. So that will be a conversation we'll need to have, although I would not worry about that right now. Once I have the list together, I'll present it to you. Um, as you have this understanding, as it is right now, it is currently the 11th of Rova, which is a toil day. Again, you guys interrupted toil day for people to come and swear oaths to you. Uh, tomorrow right. is oath day, which is usually the day people would swear oaths, but you guys came in and took possession of your state. Yeah. Yeah. In essence, you are expected to, uh, as far as Felix is concerned, you are expected to hold court on any oath day. Oath day is the day that your door is considered to be open, at which point anyone in the city can come to you with a problem. Um, and as the 
tribune of the town, it is therefore your responsibility to take care of any of the problems that are presented to you. Usually this is like small things of like settling disputes and stuff like that. Again, all of your all of your noble characters are used to this kind of thing of like, OK, if I have any vassals, they have to come in here. I on Oath Day, that is the day that I can't refuse them. I have to listen to them that day. The 95 year old man's going to come in and talk about this random group of kids that always comes through and destroys his cart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an arrow on his forehead. <laughs> Again, you return back to the uh, the whisker. You settle down. So let's talk a little bit of mechanics now, shall we? Yeah, right. let's do so. Um, as you make your way in, by the way, um, the Wolf's Whisker used to obviously just be a house that had an expansion built onto it. The public house area of this is a little more than a uh, an oversized home with a dirt floor for the uh, tavern section. Uh, there is a large uh, hearth off towards the side, although it's not currently lit because it, it is fall. It's a little chill right now, but it's not so mm. cold that like just throwing on a cloak is enough to keep you warm. And once you're inside and out of the breeze, it's fairly comfortable. Mm. But you all settle down at a, uh, a table. It's, this is one of those establishments where like the tables, like everything here is obviously well cared for. Like you think Onar is just kind of one of those people that is very much a everything in their place kind of person. Mm. Um, so everything in the tavern is well cared for, but it's obvious that like all of this furniture is like secondhand. It's well tended to and cared for, but there's like no two matching pairs of stools. Again, the whole place is just getting by. But you settle down. You know, she comes over, pours some drinks out for you, assuming that you offer her a place to sit, because again, decorum, uh, um, she course. will take a seat. So a few things to keep in mind. Cue up the uh, the infrastructure music. I'll find some music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need a theme song. The infrastructure theme song. <laughs> yes. Whatever I'm playing right now, that's our infrastructure music. <laughs> where is all this taxed money going? Why isn't any of it coming back to the town? Yeah. Mm. Well, they said they're having a hard time paying, so typically they would they would charge a surplus of what they need to pay to the county to cover all of the, you know, upkeep for the town, but they probably haven't been able to do that because they're barely making it by to pay the county. But the county's yeah. not doing its job either, so well, where's all that money going? Yeah. Because no one's advocating for the town. Yeah, Bartleby no. doesn't give a crap. Yeah. But Verity wants to know where the money's going. To Bartleby. I suppose since we're, since we're talking about taxes, to cover taxes, you will be collecting taxes basically on a monthly basis. Hmm. As far as all of you are concerned, um, as far as you, the, the players, are concerned, your character's taxes, um, you will not receive payment from the town. The taxes that you receive as part of your taxation will cover the cost of Swanmere. Um, hmm. It will cover the cost of your carriage and feeding your horses. It covers the paying all of your servants. It covers all of your meals. While you are in this town, you do not have to pay for food. You do not have to pay for lodging. Um, that is okay. basically what all of your taxes are going to cover. Okay. Okay. There are ways to earn additional income, which is, of course, like you can actually make just profession checks to earn income, which means that you, because of your administration, you manage to get things working better. And therefore, you know, the individual making that profession check earns income. So, for instance, like Verity could make a profession barrister to just earn income if she wanted to earn income. Mm. But let's get into uh, to what you're going to be experiencing for the next little bit. So, again... When you came here to Merritt County as a whole, your goal is to win the loyalty of the locals. Mm -hmm. Because again, you're supposed to be here as an example of what uh, noble leadership could be like under Princess Eutropia. Mm -hmm. Darn tootin'. Exciting. Yeah. You're expected to, of course, uh, win both the uh, the loyalty of the nobility as well as the peasants by performing, uh, you know, whatever acts will basically endear yourselves to both the local nobility. Although you've actually gone quite far as you've managed to already get... Uh, Count Bartleby Lothied, Baron Nicholas O'Kara, Lady Parthena Crab, and uh, Honorary Tribune Onar Sycom, although she's not nobility, um, all up to helpful. 
So mm-hmm. again, you already have a war chest because uh, Bartleby is was already like, oh yeah, actually, you know, just speaking of the taxes, it was like, actually, you guys have been overspending on taxes for years. So let me give you, you know, 8,000 gold back. Even Bartleby thinks we're overspending. I forgot yeah. that detail. Yeah, He's yeah, not yeah. doing yeah. anything about it. <laughs> Well, I mean, he was basically just holding it a war chest, but then he gave you 8,000 gold worth of supplies. So uh, That's right. Okay, That perfect. is a really yep. good nest egg that you're sitting on right now to get things ah, started here. Yes. Verity is no longer cursing him. He's yeah. okay. Well, again, it's it's your hard work paid off. He was just like, mm. I should check. Basically, you got him to Helpful, and he went to, uh, what was that guy's name? I didn't have him show up. He, he really only shows up if uh, you fell a stealth check while you're wandering around and sneaking where you're not supposed to. Oh, his like, administrator friend? Uh, Zenobius Cal. Who is the uh, accountant and uh, money changer uh, mm. who keeps the palace's books and uh, all the rest of that stuff. Oh, God, we need to be his best friend. <laughs> um, he also arranges uh, loans for local nobles and institutions. Mm. Hmm. We should invite him over for tea. At the very least, Sycam, Sycam would explain who this person is because this is the guy that basically keeps the books. Because, again, Golga Saren collects the taxes, but someone else actually tracks the, uh, the treasury. Mm. Okay, Verity makes a mental note to invite him over for tea. Yeah, we need to invite that guy out again. You're uh, supposed to perform various acts to aid the nobility and renovate your long-ignored infrastructure. Yeah! Yeah. Never been so excited about infrastructure my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Stardew Valley. Like, when you first get that farm and it's all messed yes. up. Yes. It's so nice mm. to clean it. We gotta fix up the community center. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's go. Take that, Jojo Mart. Yeah, Jojo The general goodwill that you will accumulate is tracked collectively as loyalty points. You currently have one loyalty point that you have earned. Uh, this is because you have already, uh, technically speaking, it's I'm already giving it to you right now. Uh, this is because Bartleby is having the head of the Iron Lash Sent over. stuffed. And you're planning on hanging it up in the tavern that you're hanging out in right now. We are. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that uh, everyone can be like, ah, look at this. space for the head of that thing. Yes, big space for a giant head. <laughs> but giant your head. loyalty points determine uh, basically how much support... Uh, not only your own town, but the entirety of merit throws behind you. Hmm. Hmm. Again, your eventual goal in all of this is to oust Bartleby um, one way or the other, either violently or not. You're not entirely positive how it's going to end up being right now. Preferably not. So that Princess Utropia can take back over... Birdsong Palace. Yeah, Birdsong Palace, her family's ancestral estate. Yeah, preferably we flip him and he can stay at Birdsong. I mean, he has a research lab there. I mean, it'd be nice if we could flip him and have him on Team Utropia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a spellcaster who's real good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and that would also help with uh, getting um, Panavar, his uncle, on our side too, who's a powerful spellcaster. I'm not sure yeah. Panavar's not on our side. I don't think he's on the other side, at least. I think he's kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do whatever benefits him. I think if we mm. could get his wife oh, on our side, people. we could get him on our side. Mm. Well, we'll invite her for tea, too. He has stated on numerous occasions his loyalty to the Stavian family. Yeah, he's, he seems like Now, he's... what exactly that means. Mm. Yeah, and how far does that go, right? Yeah, exactly. And again, considering that uh, Maxilar Pytherius has been adopted, although, again, yeah. that hasn't been formalized either. Technically, it's not been formalized yeah. because the Senate is not a Senate. Yeah, anymore. anyway. But let's talk about what you're doing now. Yes, yes, so, yes. yes. At the moment, it is the second week of Rova, which means that you have 12 weeks until winter. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a total of 16 weeks till the end of the year. I will go ahead and let you know. Um, again, you want to get this resolved by winter. winter. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get this resolved by the end of the year. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because bad stuff happens after winter. So in essence, you do have a four-week grace period. So you're currently in week one. Um, which started on the 9th and continues on through the 15th. So you will be able to make all of your decisions and all the rest of this for this first week. 
basically drilling down onto this, uh, everything from here on is going to be on a week-to-week -week basis. In essence, you get to decide what your character does for all of your downtime during that week. And then you also get to uh, go on your standard adventuring stuff and all the rest of that. More or less, you can choose like one adventure activity that you want to partake in and mm -hmm. then one downtime activity that you're doing for the entire week simultaneously. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, so that will be how things work moving forward. So right. really, I would say that you have three major actions that you can take during the downtime, which is one, paying a social call. Paying a social call is how you're going to influence, not only influence your uh, fellow nobles, and again, the only one that's a real big holdout right now is Baroness Voinum. Voinum. Yeah. It is also how you maintain your friendships with the nobles that you've already done, like mm. that you've already influenced. Oh, well, we've already been invited out for to, to see Crab. So. Yep. And, okay. and I'm sure resolving whatever the going on with her daughter is going to lock her into yeah, friendly definitely. unless we yeah. do something extreme. So paying a social call is your first option. Uh, your second option is gathering information. Um, that is your gossip. That is you're going out and I'm um, actually gathering information from other towns to try to figure out like where, because right now you have some idea, but unfortunately mm -hmm. you have to go like, where are actually the problems that we need to find to fix? Um, obviously mm. there's a lot here in Sackies, but uh, even just riding down the road, we're like, what's up with that really misty swamp over there? Like what's going on <laughs> yeah. with that lake? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe we need to figure out something about that. You did manage to gather a number of uh, rumors whenever you were at the Tanager Jubilee, but now it is also a downtime activity that you can take. Mm. And lastly, and probably the one you're going to be spending the greatest amount of your time on, is you can focus on rebuilding stackies, making the town vibrant and alive once again, which will both improve your loyalty score as far as, uh, you know, helping the town. And who knows, maybe you can bump them up from indifferent to something a little bit higher than that mm. and make everyone's lives a little better. Yeah, that'd be nice. And this is an action each one of us can choose, right? Every one of you gets to choose a different. Oh, so okay, if good. one of you wants to go and gather information that week, while another one says, I'm going to go pay a social call on Voinum, where three of the rest of you are like, you know, let's roll up our sleeves and start filling up potholes or something like that. I really think this first week we should all focus on stackies just to see as get as much yeah started yeah, I mean, as we at, can. At a I minimum, agree. I want to ride out and look at this pump because if we need to order stuff because we don't have a smith like if it's all mechanical i assume it's mechanical and at least partially then how much we does may have it to cost order to, parts. how much does it cost to hire people like if we wanted to hire a smith we'll get into all of that because uh, i've got yeah. all the answers right here those are going to be your three primary actions and of course you're going to be doing the standard adventuring fair because uh let me simply say that there are uh, definitely some uh the Iron Lash of Merit was not the only uh, horrific monster potentially causing problems in the surrounding Great. regions. Great. That's or, why we got to uh, talk to Sally. There might be something in our own swamp. There might, yeah, yeah you do. True. You swamp do know monster. that there's the quote unquote the lurker. Mm -hmm. Although the he lurker so far is hasn't not done violent. anything, but yeah. still, he's, he's just a we creeper that creeps and stairs. We can do patrols. Mm. So yeah, as you settle down, you you drink your mugs of L. Onara makes her way over. She uh, she does have a map of the surrounding region, so uh, unfurls this map as she sets down some empty mugs on the corners of that to keep that uh, unfurled so that you can look over. You can have that view. It's not the fun isometric map that I made of Stackies, but, uh, mm. you know, you have this map of uh, basically what are your entire territory here and uh, the various problems as I suppose you uh, settle down to get ready to uh, figure out what you can do to fix these. And we'll make those decisions next time. Infrastructure week has started in earnest. Apparently it's infrastructure right. 12 weeks, potentially. Yeah, infrastructure yeah. cycle. 12 to 16 weeks. 12 to 16 weeks, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm really excited to get into that. Again, you were making that um, 
Stardew Valley comparison there. I think that was yep. Jess. Mm. Yeah, and, that was uh, a good it, comparison. It is that like, it does a, a small bit in Stardew Valley where it's just like, oh wait, my actions are like fixing up the individual rooms of this like the community center and yeah. you know, oh I can I can chop some wood to repair this little bridge to get to this other island section and yep. doing all that stuff to, to kind of like grow and expand it. So uh, get ready for it because uh, there are a lot of, uh, again, I know you guys had a lot of questions where like, can we hire people? Can we do this thing? So trust me, you'll have all of your answers when we get back my together next time to... Uh, it, you yeah. have a I mean, the to-do to -do list, list is huge. If you go through mm -hmm. everything in this county, we could be doing. I mean, as the county on the whole, yeah, definitely. Um, as far as uh, stack use is concerned, I'm curious. Hold on, hold on. There are 15 items on the wow. uh, rebuilding stackies list. Dang. Wow. Dang. All right. All right. And you may very well need to invest in more than one of those at a time if you're hoping to get all of them done in the next 12 weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We're being ambitious. We're making a quarterly plan for our startup town here. Let's get down to business. <laughs> to defeat the infrastructure. No, to defeat the rot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gone to seed. However, you know who hasn't gone to seed? Our patrons. <laughs> it's true. true. It's true. Our amazing patrons. They're but healthy if you and have, it's okay. It's true. <laughs> and I mean, I know, like, since I've gotten uh, my various office jobs and all the rest of that stuff, I've gone to seed a little bit myself, so... Hmm. But yeah, we do want to take an opportunity, as always, to thank our amazing patrons for the continued support. You are awesome. You are the reason that uh, the Find the Path Ventures can afford to pay their taxes. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> it the government always wants year. its share. Well, yeah. depending on when you're uh, listening. Yeah. But yeah, we do want to take an opportunity to, of course, thank our patrons for your continued support. You are all amazing. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our little side story that we did. And uh, we hope that you're all enjoying being back now, back with uh, the continued exploits of the, the Knights of Summer, doing the most noble of quests, fixing people's fences, or yeah. whatever I else it would that be that you guys noble. are doing. It's quite noble, it's, actually. Mm -hmm. Especially if we're not getting paid in anything but room and board. Like, this adventure really goes to show that it's not just stabbing monsters that makes you a hero. Sometimes it's just helping people, um, yeah. helping the oh, little yeah. guy. Usually the stabbing monsters is so you can help people. Yeah, mm. It's true, for some people. Uh, for some people, it's, it's, you know, it's a means to its own end. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we do joke about grinding levels regularly, so. <laughs> but we don't actually do it. It's fair. No, no, we don't. Nah. We do want to take an opportunity to thank our patrons. And I would like to thank one of those patrons. Well, I will thank one and then each of us will thank a different <laughs> one by name. <laughs> uh, and I'd like to start by thanking Aiden Rice. Thank you, Aiden. Uh, thank you, Aiden. Aiden. Appreciate I think it, I mentioned Aiden. before, I've always liked the name Aiden. It's a good name. And I'd like to thank Victor Weisenmuller. Depending on how German you are. Yeah, yeah, it might be yeah. right. Yeah, it might be a V instead of W, but um yeah, thank you, Victor. W's are V's. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to thank Charles Washington. Thank you, Charles. Right. Charles. Thank Very you, Charles. strong name. Charles Washington, yes. Charles yes. Washington. George Washington and King Charles would be turning over in their grave. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to thank Sandy Archer. Thank well, you, thank Sandy. Thank you, Sandy. Right. Thank also you, Sandy. a uh, find the path to your patron. Ah, awesome. So thank you, Sadie. You'll get double thanks. Mm -hmm. And I would like to thank Edwin Thompson. Oh, thank you, Edwin. Thank you, cool. Edwin. Thank you, I like Edwin. that name, Edwin. Edwin's I always like Edwin. Makes me think Baldur's Gate. <laughs> True. It's a good one. And I would like to thank Chris Pomeroy. We well, appreciate thanks, Chris. 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 Thank you. Thank Another you, thank for you, thank Team you. Chris. Yeah. Also, Pomeroy. Nice last name. Pomeroy, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great last name. So again, thank you all for your patronage and support. You are amazing. Thank you to our entire community out there that have been supporting us this whole time. Um, we just recently had a after party. Um, you guys probably heard it a couple of weeks back. Uh, it was Jordan and I were on there. And we were talking about how, again, I think we've mentioned this a few times, that Find the Path has never 
paid a single cent in advertising. Every bit of growth that we have received has been because of listeners like you going out and suggesting to your friends and your families and basically, you know, whoever it is that you suggest to to listen to us. And that is phenomenal. So uh, if you have a friend and you have a friend that uh, is interested in Pathfinder, maybe they haven't gotten into it. Maybe they haven't given a shot. Maybe they think it's just like, oh, that's just that game where you just bounce dice and kill monsters all the time. I'm looking for something with some serious role play and gravitas. Point them over towards some uh, some more for the crown. It's not mm-hmm. just the purview of rules light games. You can get that role play in the rules heavy games. It's, it's watching. Hey, we're watching Downton Abbey with, uh, you know, commentary from some friends of yours. If you're like, you know what? I really like The Witcher, but I wish there was more Downton Abbey in The Witcher. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is where you're at. <laughs> I, okay, let's go with that then. That's what I'm going for. I mean, it's Game of Thrones, basically. But, mm. but yeah, so thank you all for your support. It's true. Um, there's a, there's much less murdering one another right now. <laughs> right Not now. Yet. Yeah. And lo- a lot less incest. And substantially, I mean, you do have a Mariset with you. I mean, yeah, 0% amount of But he's an abnormal Mariset. In the main storyline, there is certainly a lot less. But we do want to take an opportunity to, of course, also thank our Find the Path to your patrons. And those include English Bob, Andrew Miller, Braden Worrell, Colin Bill, Eric and Lisa Junker, Eric Mole, Gary S., Ian Date, Jessica Vetterly, Jim C., John Koo, Joshua Saldana, Justin M., Lewis Ellis, Robert Beach, Sandy again, Siren Roll, TJ Khan, and Travis. Wow, that, that list is getting uh, wonderfully long. It does seem to yeah. grow regularly. It's great. Make my monster yeah. Every time that there's a new name on that, I do appreciate that so very much. So, and again, thank you all for your support and tune in next time as uh, as our heroes roll up their sleeves and really dig into the uh, the various problems facing their beautiful town of Stackies. Let's and go. Until yeah. next time. Good luck, Pathfinders. Good luck, Good luck out there. This is seriously right. like one of those uh, like home remodeling shows, but it's like a whole town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right. Yes. Instead of HD TV, it's FTP TV. Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. War for the Crown is copyright 2018. War for the Crown and the Pathfinder Venture Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.